1: Everybody and welcome to this week's Quickly Creates podcast. I am Helen. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast, and I'm here with Sarah. Hi, everyone. And before we get started on today's topic, which I'm really excited about because Sarah and I have basically put together 20 questions that we think you need to ask yourself for your career next year. And we've put the questions together, but we're going to do some sort of live answering that Sarah and I haven't really talked (laughs) about so much. So that makes it quite exciting for me. But before we get into all of that, we just wanted to say a huge thank you because we're coming to the end end of the year (laughs) but it's been a year that this podcast with Chris podcast has really really grown like we've more than doubled the amount of people that have been listening we've met so many people at different events that have been listening to it and had Lots of people get in touch with us. And so it really feels like our mission of making work better for everyone, which is what this podcast An Amazing If, which is our business, is all about. It really feels like this podcast is delivering on that. And there's some such nice stories and such nice people that we meet through the podcast. So we just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you for listening to the podcast, for sharing it with people, rating it, reviewing, subscribing, everything that you do. It just makes us feel that all the effort that we put into this when we're recording late at night or fitting in around our work days is really, really worth it because we know it makes a difference to some people and we hope we can
2: keep making a difference to
1: more. So a massive, massive thank you before we get on to it.
2: And if you have ideas for things for next year, we would love to hear from you. So topics you'd like us to cover, perhaps guests you'd like to hear from, things you'd like more of, things you'd like less of, please do get in touch with us, either just on Instagram where we're just at AmazingIf or you can email us at at amazingif.com. Somebody I know, uh, one of my friends actually said to me, oh, you know, I really enjoyed the Christmas party podcast. I'm just (laughs) trying to work out why I enjoyed that one like so much. And I had to message him back and I was like, is that because there wasn't very much of us? because <laughs> I was trying it? to think did they answer uh, well I think that probably was the answer and then he was trying to be polite and like oh no I think it, he said you just sounded like you were having loads of fun and he sort of backtracked a bit I mean
1: I would love some more party podcasts Sarah you know I'm all up yes, for that yes I
2: know you would <laughs> uh, but that one did seem to go down particularly well so if you've not had a chance to listen to the Christmas party one whether it's festive or not it's much more uh, we have lots of really interesting guests on that one so it is worth having a listen and also, thank you. I think it was probably me last week talking about needing just a final few reviews <laughs> to get to two hundred, and we have now done it. Um, and I swear people just do this because I just sound desperate, and I'm like, oh please, it's an arbitrary number that would make me really happy. So it does make me really happy. Arbitrary
1: numbers make Sarah really happy, everyone. They,
2: yeah, they really do. And I, I sort of need I'm to get over. In. I think I think I'm getting obsessed by them. The last three in particular, I think, sum up why we do this podcast and the fact that we want this podcast to be for everyone. So we're just going to share them very briefly and if you're listening and you've left us one of these last three podcast reviews we'd really like to hear from you because we'd love to send you a signed copy of the book we did say the 200th review would get one but the last three have all been so (laughs) brilliant that basically we couldn't decide all
1: of them them need one
2: so there is one and i'm just gonna have to read out the names of the people um how they describe themselves in the reviews because that's all we've got to go on one person calling themselves roman geek who (laughs) says um i needed this podcast 40 years ago uh four years from retirement and enjoying this podcast so much i really wish i could have had this amazing resource years ago better late than never in my case excellent show so i love that and i love the fact that it's still helpful even if four years away from retirement then the next one we're not sure exactly how to pronounce the description we think it's something like subdu me it's spelled s-u-b-u-j-m-e and it's really succinct it just says careers Insightful, interesting, inspiring.
1: <laughs> we love alliteration. <laughs> so we're all all we love it. So
2: it really made me laugh. I'm quite different to lots of the other ones that kind of go on quite long. This person was like, no, I'm just going to nail it with these three descriptive words, which I thought was very Consider funny. It nailed. And then LC 1978 my Tuesday staple. I've been listening for a while and over time it's become part of my Tuesday morning regime. I talk about the topics raised with my students and it also helps me in managing the freelance side of my portfolio career. Definitely recommended. So I love the fact this is something that then people go in and talk to their students about. So thank you everybody and as we said that's a very heartfelt thank you to everybody who listens every week and people who send us messages whether people are just whatsapping us or sending us messages on instagram it is a big commitment to do the podcast every week but genuinely it's something that we always enjoy no matter how tired or busy we are and we're so glad to hear that you're all enjoying it too so yeah just before we go on to the last two for the year we just wanted to say a really big thank you
1: and before we get started with this week's topic, we just wanted to let you know about another podcast that we listen to regularly. And we're delighted that the host of the podcast actually has been on Squiggly Careers previously. And that's the Secret Leaders podcast. It's a business show. And the host of it, Dan Murray Surtur, he interviews some of the world's biggest founders. I mean, people like Joe Malone, Not on the High Street, Calm, which is a brilliant app, by the way. And in the podcast, he really explores with the founders the experience of running their business, the highs, the lows, how they've done it. I think Dan's questioning is really interesting. He always gets some new perspectives from those people. So mm. yeah, I think we personally recommend the show. He is a friend of Squiggly Careers. So if you would like something else to listen to, maybe next year, thank you very much for listening to us. But if you'd like another one in your category of different podcasts you listen to, we can recommend Secret Leaders, particularly if you're interested in business and entrepreneurship. And you can just search for it wherever you found Squiggly Careers, you'll find Secret Leaders. So just search for that one. Um, and
2: it has a th- Thumbs up from Sarah and I. So for the last two episodes of this year, we thought we'd do 20 career questions to ask yourself for 2020. Uh, We're going to do it in two parts. So... This episode today we'll do 10 questions and for each question we're going to talk a bit about why we think that question is important, why it's a good thing to answer. Perhaps a little bit of context just to get you thinking and you know, we'll have a go answering as well just so you can be a bit nosy and and hear us talk about it. So we'll do uh, 10 today and then 10 next week and hopefully over the Christmas, New Year period where maybe you have a bit of time in between going to the pub and eating mince pies perhaps. It might be a useful resource before the kind of New Year. So the
1: first thing and the first question that we think is definitely worth while you're asking yourself is reflecting on 2019, but specifically reflecting on when was your time well spent in 2019? And also, when was your time wasted? And this is a really important question because a lot of the time we might quite unconsciously waste time and we might not really realise how certain things that we're spending time on might be absorbing lots of time and it might not be that valuable. But it's also really useful just to reflect on your biggest moments of impact and what was it that you were doing at those moments because that's really the sort of things we want to be carrying over into next year. So it's just a useful question to kind of prompt a bit of reflection about time well spent and time not so well spent. So Sarah, what are your reflections on 2019 in
2: terms of your time being spent? I think my time was most well spent when I was absorbed in a project. The most obvious one being when we were really in the kind of deep depths of writing the book and this is really early this year so kind of towards the start of the year probably for the first three months of the year where I felt like I was very focused very in flow didn't mean it was always easy and it wasn't actually always enjoyable but I think I did like the intensity and the detail almost of kind of having the singular focus and I think that quite appeals to me generally in terms of having something specific to achieve when I think ahead to twenty twenty. I want to make sure that I have more things like that, because that's also where I think I add the most value. That's where I feel like I'm having most impact. And I think especially actually now when you're running your own business, you can spend so much time doing bits and bobs. There's always (laughs) like, there's almost like so many little bits and things to do that you could spend your whole day doing that. And then Mm. I sometimes think I'm not sure what I've done or what i've produced and so i think just asking myself that question gave me the real clarity of like that was when my my time has been best spent when i've really absorbed myself in something the book at its most extreme but even things like writing i wrote a short article on my interview with dame stephanie shirley for management today and i'd put that in the same category again where i was really thinking about it and then really proud of the thing that you produce really proud of your output I'm not
1: that dissimilar, you know. So I think if I start with the wasted time, I think it's bits and bobs for me as well. Almost like small little projects that sort of maybe consume a day. (laughs) Because you're like, Mm. oh, I need to chase this person and get in touch with that person. But it's really not that significant. It's an idea that we're scoping that's suddenly quite exciting for a day. Or it's something that I've suddenly has come from somebody that I'll start exploring and I realise I've just spent a whole day doing it. (laughs) So I think it's the bits and bobs. Whereas if I think about where my time has been most well spent for me... I think it has been like amazing if related, which is our business, when I've been talking to organisations and I've really quickly, I've had a conversation, I've been really excited and probably within like 24, 48 hours, I've turned around a proposal or an idea or a structure for how we could work with them. I feel like that's been, I've been listening really intently. I've been really creative because I've come up with something and I've been quite productive because I've got it to somebody before while it's like, fresh for them and fresh for me but that's only possible when I haven't let the bits and bobs really mm. distract me so I think sometimes they can be a bit in conflict for me so I think yeah time well spent when I respond quickly to a need and I'm really creative and really focused but it doesn't go on for like a week it's like literally like a 48 hour burst on something really important but when I spend a day getting distracted by bits and bobs then I'm like oh that's probably not that meaningful it's taken a whole day or a whole two days <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I think for me, the thing of time wasted, I still think I spend too much time scrolling and swiping, which is just not productive or useful. Sometimes those things, you know, whether you're on Instagram or um, on Twitter or LinkedIn, or whatever it might be, are useful and they definitely keep me curious and I learn Mm. from some of those things. So I'm not almost even saying I want to spend less time on my phone. I think I just sometimes find myself falling into that trap of getting a bit addicted to what's my latest WhatsApp message? Have I got any emails? And then really quickly, what's going on in Instagram? I've been
1: thinking and, about some phone
2: boundaries for 2020, actually. Ooh. I know.
1: Like, this is going to sound very, very specific. It's very not you I as know, well. I exactly. know, You love your phone. I love my phone. I do, like everyone, I do everything on my phone. Like, I obviously do daily Instagram tips. I do my email. Everything I do on my phone. So I have it with me, like, all the time. But honestly, in quite a sad way, I've noticed that sometimes, like, I have it with me first thing in the morning. I will go and get my kids up from bed and I have my phone at the same time and I'm like hmm this is not right so I've been thinking about putting some boundaries around the foam almost like Rooms it's not allowed in. So we already have a rule about there's no phones at the table. Like when you're eating, you can't yeah. oh, have a standard like rule in my house. But I'm also thinking maybe no phones in the lounge. Because like it's almost like once you've gone to the lounge, that's like a slightly different space. Like as a mental space, really. It's normally when I'm with my husband and it's a bit quieter. And I think in my mind, I'm like, I should either be talking to him or... Or reading a book. Watching Netflix. Or watching TV. (laughs) Any of those things is all good. But actually just sitting there looking at my phone, I'm
2: not sure quite is all good. So I've been thinking a little bit about phone boundaries for next year. So number two is what possibilities are you going to explore in 2020? These could be side projects. They could be roles that you might want to consider for the future. Might be industries that you'd like to learn more about. Could be volunteering or any combination of those. And I think with possibilities, and we uh, often talk about, you know, think about exploring career possibilities rather than definitive career plans, it can feel a bit ambiguous and tricky to know where to start. And so if you're thinking, OK, well, I'm not sure what possibilities are, let alone which ones I want to go and explore, I would say just start by thinking about What's something that's already in your mind that's kind of quite an obvious possibility, quite top of mind in terms of where you might want to go next? Most of us have something in mind that we might like to do at some point in the future. Maybe think about something really ambitious that is probably somewhere in there, but you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm perhaps not experienced enough, or knowledgeable enough, or smart enough, or old enough, whatever it is that might be kind of holding you back from that. It's always fun to think about your dream possibility (laughs) because that that is just fun and maybe like a pivot possibility. So if you were to go and do something where you take your skills that you've developed over your career so far with you, but perhaps into a new context in some way, shape or form, that could be a different style of company, maybe small company to big company. It could be a different type of industry as in public sector to working more in a corporate organisation, but you're sort of pivoting perhaps from where you are today. And that can just be some useful stimulus to get you started. And I think once you know your possibilities, think about what you need to know and who can help you. And don't worry about exploring too many possibilities simultaneously. You only need to do one or two at once, but just don't wait until you want to be moving roles to start thinking about this. This should be something that you do ongoing and kind of stay work in progress so helen what's your po- i don't know what the answer is yeah. but I, I don't know what you're gonna say <laughs> if this could be the moment where you're like well, what i'm going to explore is stopping amazing it because i'm really not enjoying it and what's your possibility that you're going to explore for next year so I have one that I think you'll know about and then another
1: that I'm sort of actively exploring that I don't think you do know about. The possibility for me, like I don't intend in the next 12 months to change my role. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, but I do want to get better at it. And my as the business grows and changes, my role is slightly growing and changing. So the part of the possibility for me is about this whole kind of CEO thing, which is a job title. I- have but I don't think I'm doing properly so I am um, exploring the possibility of what that role really is and I'm setting up different mm. mental things so Sarah knows about that one so here's me dropping right. Right. What's, I, get, what's, I, get, what's, I get a bit nervous um, so the other possibility I'm exploring I want to be a student again I'm really missing like yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all I'm really missing like a cognitive learning experience that's like in my diary and weirdly I've actually been looking at stuff today and not triggered by this question because I'm just trying to find oh yeah I'm, that's what we all say <laughs> I promise you <laughs> I'm just trying to find my thing but this one's a bit expensive so I'm not sure it's this thing so I've been looking at like a an executive master's in behavioral science <laughs> so just to let you know about that um <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure that's it and I also looked at an organizational psychology master's program today as well but I think I need to be connected to Some kind of like cognitive learning thing that just sparks my brain in slightly different ways and is like a bit of a different space that I can mentally operate in. So I'm exploring sort of being a student again. What would I study? Where would I study it? And how would I fit that into alongside my kind of day job? There you go.
2: That's a good one. Uh, Mine's actually not dissimilar in terms of like a learning possibility, I think. And this is probably, we're perhaps slightly unusual in that because we're both really quite new to our jobs, we're probably not in the position of thinking, oh, there's job possibilities because we've really only just started running Amazing If together. So mine is also a learning possibility and it's about creative writing I, a couple of years ago, did a programme with a company called Dark Angels, who are like a, a writing collective. And I think that sparked my interest and remembered that I could write with a pen and a bit of paper in a more creative way. And we've been part of a network this year of a small group of writers who are, I find, incredibly inspiring. And they're all brilliant writers. I think they're all way better than me. Um and I always feel like our writing is good and quite practical and you know always actionable practical. but it is that's what it that's what definitely what it is. Um but some of these people I think have just inspired me to think more about writing and wanting to do more of it and it's definitely something I'd like us to keep developing as part of what we do. I think like any skill, it's something that the more you do, the better you get. And I've probably gone in fits and bursts and spurts on writing this year. So sometimes done a lot, sometimes not done very much. And I'd like it to be more of a continual endeavour in some way, shape or form. So actually, I think I'm going to go back to Dark Angels. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I enjoyed it so much the first time and I really liked the people. So I've not been for a couple of years and I'm going to, they do lots of different programmes. So I'm going to have a look and see which one.
1: Oh, I'm excited. I'll learn through you. Okay, then. So question number three. I think this is a really hard question.
2: I I like this question, but I wrote it. That's probably why I like it. It takes a lot of (laughs)
1: reflection. So the question, everyone, is: What one thing would you like to be true at the end of twenty twenty that isn't true today?
2: Oh, it's a biggie. I really enjoyed that question. I keep asking everyone (laughs) it.
1: It's a really hard question. All right, go on then. You go first. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) So the reason I wrote that question, the reason I think it's useful, is I do think visioning is useful to determine the things that are most important to us and the things that perhaps we would like to change and what we're committed to. I don't really buy new year's resolutions thing. I'm sure some people keep them but most of us don't. But what I have found to be incredibly useful in my career and actually my life generally is to think about more broadly over the course of a year and I do like to plan so I appreciate this might not be for everyone. What do I want to keep the same, but also what mm. might I want to kind of add in so actually, when I first thought about answering this question, I did think about more of a family one, so actually, the first thing that popped into my mind was, I would like to spend more time just with me and my partner, so we've got a two and a half year old little boy called Max, and so that last two and a half years means that a lot of the time you're spending looking after your kid, and the first couple of years are tough because you're not getting much sleep and We don't live near any of our family particularly, so we don't spend very much time, just the two of us now. And we spent a lot of time, just the two of us, for a lot of years before that, because we, this New Year's Eve, will have been together for 21 years. Amazing. So my first thing was actually, I couldn't believe this, he'd be so (laughs) proud of me if he actually ever listened to the podcast, was thinking, I would like the two of us to spend a bit more time, just the two of us. (laughs) And then the actual one that I wrote down, (laughs) which is really different to that, (laughs) was, I would like... Us to be better with Amazing If and with all the different things that we do at measuring the impact that we have with the work that we do, (laughs) which does probably sound now quite dull, but I think I'm really motivated by having a positive impact. And I think we both are in terms of the work that we do. And we definitely see that in small ways, like the reviews that we were talking about at the start of the podcast. But I think more broadly, when we're thinking about why does our business exist, um, and I'm a big fan of the kind of purpose and profit model. I want to make sure we're having a positive impact in every aspect of what we do. And I want to, and, and to do that, I think you have to know what you're measuring and you have to know your benchmarks. And so that's what I'm really motivated by. So that by the end of next year, we would be clear on the impact that we want to have, how we measure that. And we could talk about that clearly and succinctly and share that with other people and be really proud of it. <laughs>
1: I, you know, it's a very, I think both are lovely aims. Right. I feel like I've got a bit of a cop out on this one because I feel like I, I, don't, I just need, need to sit with this a bit longer. My husband and I, at the end of every year, Sarah cringes every time I say this, but at the end of every year, we basically... It is awful, it, that's why. So we get a card, like, you know, like a blank card that you'd send to somebody, but we write on what we want to achieve that year. So we typically do it on New Year's Day. We open up last year's cards and we write the next year's cards and we just say what are all the things that we want to... Achieve, do, enjoy over the next 12 months. So on New Year's Day, you look at, like last year, so I will look at the one that I wrote on the 1st of January 2019. Ooh, and I'm actually quite interested to see. Know, can you remember, no, was it? No, that's the thing. Oh. You don't remember. Though I did also, on the same day, send myself an email via futureme.org where I think I wrote some of the things. And so futureme.org is a website hey. and you can write yourself a little letter and you can date it on the day you want this email to get sent to you. So it's like a little email. <laughs> and much of it goes into... I know, I know. So I think I was covering all all tracks. Um, So uh, my husband and I do that, but I think quite hard about it. So I think I need to dwell on it a little bit more. But the first thing that comes to mind in answering that question, what one thing would you like to be true at the end of 2020 that isn't true today? For me, it's something about the weekend. So I'd sort of like to reclaim the weekend. At the moment, I sort of feel like I fall into the weekend and I've got two young children and that's not always easy. They're like four and two. So the weekends aren't always like the easiest times. But I would like to make more of a thing of them so rather than go oh it's the weekend and then feel like sometimes my children might be getting in the way of my relaxing (laughs) to (laughs) be honest I don't want to feel like that I really want to enjoy this time that I have with them which might sound a bit idealistic but I think there's probably more than I can do than I do today to feel like that so I would like to reclaim the weekend with my family in more oh, of a way look at us being good people knew,
2: sarah we've got we've got like <laughs> <laughs> we've got texture and... yeah i know <laughs> not just about work eh even though we are doing this at like half nine at <laughs> very true at night. <laughs>
0: rather than spending time with oh, both of our partners dear. but never mind quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer. Softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at Bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
2: Many of us have those
0: stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They
2: can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the next question, so number four, what one change could you make to your current role to use your strengths more? So the idea with this question is it's very easy when things are going well or where you maybe feel like you're using your strengths to sort of expect that to continue. And I think it's really worth reminding ourselves and remembering that applying our strengths, making our strengths stronger needs to be kind of a continual endeavour and something that you, you invest in in terms of your time and your energy. So it's not something that will just happen. And actually, the more you invest in your strengths, obviously almost like the stronger they will become. So it's kind of worth it because they're usually the things that you enjoy the most and that you get the most value from, but also they're where you give the most value to your organisation. So there's so many benefits in like making sure that you're continuing to strengthen all of those kind of strengths and those muscles that you've got. And if you're not sure where you are in terms of strengths at the moment, one of the things that we've talked about before that's really helpful is asking for strengths-based feedback so this can just sound like talking to a manager or someone you work with to say you know where do you think I had most value in this project at the moment where do you see me at my best in the last month or in the last quarter just starting to get a bit of an understanding of kind of how people are seeing you kind of show up and whether you are standing out for the things that you would really like to stand out for. So Helen, what are you going to do for Amazing If next year? I feel like this is good. This is like a performance review. Thanks for that. To uh, you use your strengths more
1: next year for Amazing If for the greater good. Um, I think I use a lot of my strengths in our company, which is good. But I think one of my strengths that's maybe underplayed is my ability with like strategic thinking and frameworks. So I'm quite good at creating. Clarity when lots of things are going on, I'm quite good at kind of boiling it all down to like a model and being like, Oh, we could approach it like this, and this is the scenario. And almost you do love a model, I do love a model. I'm quite good at like putting some structure around options and clarity to drive decisions. It's always like something I've done in quite messy corporate roles, but I think because there's so much to do in Amazing If, I don't often create myself the headspace to be able to take a step back and apply that. Strength to all of the things that we're doing and I think sometimes it's probably a missed opportunity so for me that I think next year if I could find a way to use that strength more I find it quite rewarding because it gives me a sense of clarity but I also think it helps the business to make better decisions move forward to have some tough conversations but that are sort of informed in a structured way so that's my sort of thing for me and I think the thing I need to do is just create a bit of mental space to be able to do it.
2: I think mine is something that I have discovered this year, actually a bit through the podcast and a few of the things that we do, which is how much I enjoy and feel that I'm good at interviewing other people. So we've interviewed more people for the podcast this year than we've ever done. And also I facilitated and curated some events and panels and things on stage or at various different events. I find the whole process really interesting and insightful because I take it really seriously. I enjoyed the research and the kind of thinking stage. I think it allows me to be reflective and really think about that person or the people and how might that work, how do I make sure it's valuable for the people listening or watching. And then I enjoy the the actual process itself, the talking to somebody and, and asking somebody questions. And I think... I'd like to just do more of it next year uh, because it's something that I, I think I have discovered because it wasn't something that necessarily showed up previously in the jobs that I'd had because it just wasn't something that I needed to do and I'm not even quite sure what it is that makes me good at it I think I probably need to actually go back and do the point we made about getting some feedback and I've had feedback from people I've interviewed that it's been a positive experience hmm. that I've asked them different questions that perhaps they'd not been asked before and people have been complimentary so Almost people have helped me, I think, to discover it. Uh, I'm going to choose to believe that, that it's more than them just being polite <laughs> and nice, <laughs> which that might also be the case because they are all very nice and polite people. But it's something that I would like to spend, I think, more time doing. And similar to your, you know, you enjoy it. I think I have had the frequency actually this year, but probably what I've not done is actually really thought about why am I good? What are the things that make me good, and what are the things that would make me even better and start to get inspiration from people who do interviewing brilliantly and yeah you know, that's their real kind of core capability, and what can I learn from them? So it's kind of a new area for me to explore, I think.
1: I think this is a, a Jahari's window moment, Sarah. Yes. Oh, a model, a model a moment. Model. Oh, you surprised who, me. Who knew? Who knew? So, everybody, you may or may not know, there is a model called the Jahari's window. A fun fact, developed by someone called Joe and someone called Harry. It's called a Jahari window. Maybe there'll be a, a Selen model in the future. Oh, my god! <laughs> it's
2: a bad joke. If, you, if you've got anything to it's do with bad it. bad joke.
1: <laughs> anyway, in the Jahari window model, um, there's two dimensions, what's known to yourself and what's known to others. So in the context of strength, sometimes you might have a strength that is known to yourself but not known to other people or you might have a strength that's known to them or not known to other people but i think what sarah is talking about is where she has a strength that maybe she didn't know she had mm-hmm. and that maybe other people didn't know she had and it wasn't until her squiggly career enabled her to maybe start doing this interviewing thing through the podcast which was never a planned thing it's just been through sort of curiosity and exploring. She suddenly discovered a strength that maybe wasn't really known to her and wasn't really known to others until she put herself into a situation that she hadn't been in before. So it's a bit of advocacy for going out of your comfort zone and doing things mm. that might not be in your job description because it might help you to realise and help other people to realise what some of your strengths are that just might not have had chance to shine yet. So I'm going to ask you another question now, Sarah. So maybe we'll, we'll speed it up a little bit. Uh, this is the <laughs> next question, because I love asking these questions, but I want everyone to make sure they've got these questions for themselves. So what one person will you spend more time with in 2020 who will help you to make your work better?
2: I actually you find this? This is I the mean, one you can I just find say the me. hardest. Just spend more time with me. It's fine. No, we spend too much time together already. That's definitely not the answer. We've gone from not spending that much time together to actually spending quite a lot of time together. I was Um, thinking yesterday I called you and I thought about it
1: afterwards. My first question was, um, how's your day? And I was like, oh God, I think I'm supposed to say that to my husband.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh, I think the thing that I'm really motivated by in answering this question is trying to spend more time with people generally who challenge me have got different experiences to me who are not potential kind of echo chambers of people who think and perhaps feel or share all the same perspectives as I do and I really admire some people that I've heard speak this year a lady called Rosie Brown who is the co-chief executive of a company called Cook was on stage at an event that I was at and she talked about You know, spending time with people who've got really kind of almost like the opposite point of view to you or just think in a very different way to you. And so I was almost going generally, I almost can't name necessarily one person there where I go, "Oh, I've got this one person who really fits in all of those categories. But I think I'm on the lookout for those kinds of people who I think previously I would have actually shied away from or would have thought, oh, no, they might be a bit too conflict or they might be a bit too tough to spend time with those people. But I think I'm more resilient now, and I think I'd be more open to learning from people. So I think that's just a general thing that I'm looking for. But actually, there is one person who I know who I've worked with previously. So a guy I've worked with previously who's still got a very big corporate job. And he is incredibly strategic, but in a very different way, I think, to you and I. Every time I talk to him, and even if it's a very short conversation, he offers new insights or questions about our business, but always in the spirit of wanting to see us succeed. I feel like our business is better every time I have a conversation with him Mm -hmm. about the business. And it's a very kind of fresh example, because I was running something by him today as we start to plan for next year. And it was actually incredible to watch because in under five minutes, he solved something that I've been grappling with. And of course, it's always a bit easier, perhaps, when you've got a bit of perspective and you're one step removed. But I also just think he's incredibly good at that. And he's more commercial, I think, probably than either of us are and would always be like, right, make sure you're actually going to make some money <laughs> and make sure you're going to be profitable. And all those things that are very important. And so he specifically is someone who I, I'm just going to keep taking mini business problems and challenges too because i just think he's brilliant and i'm going to look for some people who are going to challenge me because they don't share the same opinion as me on perhaps some of the work that we do on things like flexibility or some of the changes that we would advocate for where there will be people who think that's not the way i think we should do things so question six for you helen Name three ways you're going to nurture your curiosity in 2020. Because we know that curiosity doesn't just happen, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to think it would do. You have to nurture it, be intentional about it. And I think as everybody gets busier in squiggly careers and are doing multiple things, you've got to work hard on it. I think you're naturally curious. So I'm interested to see if you can actually come up with three extra ways. Wow. (laughs) Or is it just continuing things?
1: (laughs) So one of them I've already talked about, which is these CEO meetings. That's like my monthly curiosity into my role. So that one I won't talk about again. The second thing I'm going to do is a combination of two things, but... It's basically about reading slightly more diverse things, but I'm either going to do it by spending a bit more time in independent bookshops um, because... Like, one... Putting
2: our book in there. Or... <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: just like looking... like I just quite like looking at all the books they pull out. Um, and there's one like in my, in my local town. There's one in there. Oh. Um, and I quite like just finding the little ones nice. and going in. So either independent bookshops or even if it's in like a chain bookshop, reading or buying the book that's got you know like the author not the author yeah I love the little recommendations yeah Yeah, and I feel like actually sort of diversifying what I'm reading because I do read lots of work workbooks and I do read, read a lot of like um if I'm on Amazon for example it'll say oh you like this book you should read this one and I sometimes <laughs> think you get into a bit of an echo chamber of what you're reading so I'm going to sort of break out a little bit from that so that's number two spend a bit more time in independent bookshops or buy books that the staff who I think are like super into reading have recommended and my third one is a bit inspired by something I've done very recently actually I'm going to go to some more random events <laughs> using Eventbrite (laughs) as my like tool for curating them. So there's this really good, we'll link to it. There's a really good curiosity assessment that you can do on Harvard Business Review. And it tells you which one of three curiosity profiles you're most like. So whether you learn through experiences and people, whether you're intellectually curious or whether you just learn through like random stuff. And it compares you to the Harvard Business Review average, which obviously isn't the average because those people are probably quite curious anyway. But I go off the scale in my sort of random Curiosity. So me to, whether it's like reading or going to stuff. And Eventbrite's a bit of a curation for me. So like last week I went to my little calligraphy workshop and I'm quite keen to go do some more random learning things. So yeah, they're my three things CEO meetings, independent bookshops, and just a bit of random Eventbrite events. That's my plan. I bet sound great. They sound does good. it sound great or
2: does it sound like a nightmare? No, it sounds well, good. I mean I don't I don't want to come with you to some of them, but, but they sound good. <laughs> um
1: okay, so question number seven. How could you help someone else with their career
2: at the start of next year? So I was thinking about this and because squiggly careers as a phrase and as a concept I think more people are becoming familiar with and actually what's really lovely is somebody got in touch with me today who I knew previously in the UK. He moved over to Canada for a few years and he's obviously just back in London and his career has sort of got a little bit more squiggly, to use his phrase. And I think people adopt it to mean whatever they want it to mean, which I was really like. And often people are asking for support on maybe as their career perhaps moves into being squigglier than they've had it kind of previously. It feels like they're maybe in a bit of a transition period. And we unfortunately can't help everybody kind of one to one in that way. But I think when you've got someone who's in your network or who's in that transition period, Being able to take the time to maybe share some of the things that we've learned, because I feel like we've gone through it very much this year, kind of that transition ourselves. We obviously write about it, talk about it. And so there's that one specific person. And I kind of like having that microcosm of somebody who I can see and see in real life. And it's a one to one and one to one relationships really. Work for me, and actually, again, like most of my relationships, I think I've known him for maybe five or six years, which is not a surprise because a lot of my network I build over a long period of time. And then the other thing I would like to do is because I think we are starting to get asked this question a little bit around I feel like my career is starting to kind of become more squiggly. Where should I start? What does that mean? Start to think about then how could we create some content for everyone? If you're going through that transition period of perhaps, you know, the classic one is you are moving perhaps into freelance for the first time, you're perhaps becoming portfolio for the first time, you're perhaps just in the same organisation but taking on a secondment or a project role. But as you're going through that transition and you're kind of, you know, taking that move that can often feel brave but hopefully the right one. What are some of the things that we could create that would be really helpful for people? So it's something I've been thinking about a bit, and I'm actually really excited about.
1: Oh, I think it sounds brilliant. That sounds great. Oh yeah, I'm not
2: mentioned it to you no, no, yet. that's another that's another idea. Oh, <laughs> I'm all in. It's fine. So the next one, so question eight, is name one thing you'll do to improve your LinkedIn profile in January. Oh, And so it just need a little bit of an
1: update anyway. But I feel like it's a bit of a cop out to say I'm just going to update it very specifically. What I have not had any updated version of for probably about, oh God, I mean, like three or four years is recommendations. It's interesting actually because we recently did a um, podcast on asking for help, but I always feel like it's really false to ask someone for a recommendation on LinkedIn. It always feels like slightly worse than, if you're applying for a job and you're like, if this person calls you, can you give them a recommendation? I'm sort of more okay with that than can you? I don't mind asking people for I know, for them, you're actually. very good, you should give me tips because I feel really... <laughs> but very specifically, I think the recommendations that I have got on LinkedIn are reflective of career I had before the one I'm in now so like a marketing career Mm. whereas what I'm in now is a very different space in my kind of squiggly career and I don't think I have any recommendations to reflect what I do now the biggest thing that I think I could do to improve my LinkedIn profile next year is get some uh, recommendations on LinkedIn that reflect the impact of the work that I do today. I
2: think as a good reminder for all of our listeners um Of course, it's obvious that lots of people, uh, recruiters, uh, potential uh, employees, look at people's LinkedIn. I think it's something like 97% now of people will look at someone's LinkedIn. So just bear that in mind as you're thinking about. And it's one of those, I think it is one of those annoying tasks that no one wants to do. But once you have done it, you will feel better. And also... I think it's a really good example of a way that you can help opportunities to come your way for interesting people to get in touch with you even if you're not looking for a role because I think when I see people who've done a really good profile or I've worked with someone and, and they've asked me a bit about LinkedIn and then they've invested in their profile if I look a bit At the before and after, I think, oh, the after is just so much a better kind of representation of who I know they are and how brilliant I know they are. And so then I feel more confident that if they're being proactive or if something is coming their way and somebody does look at LinkedIn, oh, actually, it gives a good account of them. And I would never want something like that to be the reason that someone went, oh, okay, maybe they don't look. Maybe I'm not sure whether their strengths would match this opportunity, and Mm -hmm. perhaps they would perfectly. It's just, it's not clear because you've not written a summary. And it's so easy not to do. Like, I've only just updated my summary in the last couple of months, and I had quite an old one there before. And again, I read it and thought, if someone read that, They'd actually get really confused about what I spend I think my time other doing. Other people are probably looking at your your LinkedIn
1: profile far more frequently than you are, so you might you mm. might think, "Oh, I've just updated it that's this year," be. but the likelihood is far more people are probably searching and looking at you and, and you know creating an opinion from what's on there than you might remember. So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, "I don't really know what my LinkedIn profile says," that's probably a <laughs> yeah, bit of a trigger. Yeah, probably to <laughs> have a look at it. Okay, so question number nine to you, Sarah. What's one thing you want to try for the first time in twenty twenty?
2: So one thing I've got my eye on, and it, mm. it may or may not happen because these things you have to sometimes be invited for or selected for, I would really like to go and do some sort of immersive Event experience. The one that's top of my list is Do Lectures. Some of you will know Do and the Do Lectures films that you can watch online for free. And they do a really brilliant series of books. And I've been a big fan of Do for quite a few years mm. now. And every year they do this I think it's every year, perhaps every other year, but they do this particular event in Wales where you go, I think, for like three or four nights. And If you're running your own business or you've got something you want to mull over or think about, I know quite a few people who've been and really recommend it. I mean, part of it really scares me, like you know, the amount of new people that I would have to meet. What I'd really like to do is turn up and then go home again and then turn up and go home again. But that's absolutely not the way it works. It's all about spending time together and with different people. And so it definitely would take me out of my comfort zone and it would scare me. I would feel nervous about going and a bit apprehensive but I also think there would be a lot that I would love and a lot that I would enjoy. And all the people I know who've been, I sort of admire and respect... And sort of feel like oh okay well if they found it a positive experience I think I would too so there's a few others that if that one doesn't work out because they have quite limited places and you have to kind of I've, I've registered my interest so I've gone, <laughs> gone as far as that and then I think you have to fill in an application as to like why they should pick you and all sorts so that would be exciting so I'm going to be brave and share something that might end up not happening because I might not might not make the cut this next year but it is something that I would like to do
1: I really want to support you in doing that and I think you can write a, an application. If well, you I'll, I'll do whatever I, do whatever <laughs> I can <laughs> to support you in that because I think it's important. I think it makes you feel good. But I actually think that is a really nice question as a team to share because there's something in hearing what someone really wants to achieve uh, or do for the first time in 2020 that makes you think oh wow I really want to help that person and I think if that was a team conversation if maybe Mm. before the end of the year you could squeeze into a team meeting what is the one thing you want to try for the first time in 2020 I think a it'd be really interesting and you could kind of cheer someone on when you know they're getting close to that but maybe you might also be able to support them or help them or advocate or connect whatever you can do because that just makes me want to help Sarah I'm like right if that is the thing next year
2: okay (laughs) well I want want to make it happen give me that task that's exciting so last but not least question 10 what three words would you like people to use when they recommend you to others oh it's so hard this one's so hard
1: what three words would I like people to say when they recommend me to other people I would like them to say positive positive impactful and i'd want them to probably go more than just that like i make an impact on people but i would probably want the third word to be and this is a big word (laughs) i'd probably want them to say transformational like as a result of helen being in that meeting running that session having that conversation like everyone came way more positive she had a really big impact and actually it transformed what we were doing like if that was what was said I'd be like yes <laughs> a low bar yes, there then I know, I know a low <laughs> bar but um and even if you know even if it like two of them if they're like "I oh, just really made a positive impact I'd be like yes nailing it but if I could go for all three like aim high then I would feel like That's my difference. We're
2: uh, spending the day together tomorrow. Perhaps (laughs) I'll give you some feedback as to whether it's transformational for (laughs) me. I mean, you're you're the hardest bar. (laughs) So hopefully those 10 questions were useful. What we are going to do, either in one downloadable PDF or two, we'll perhaps try and put them all in one, is just do the questions. So as a resource that you can download, you'll just be able to get one to 20. But as a reminder, number one, In 2019, when was your time well spent and when was it wasted? Number two, what possibilities are you going to explore in 2020? Number three, what one thing would you like to be true at the end of 2020 that isn't today? Number four, what one change could you make in your current role to use your strengths more? Number five, what one person will you spend more time with in 2020 who will help to make your work better? number six name three ways you're going to nurture your curiosity in 2020 number seven how could you help someone else with their career at the start of next year number eight name one thing you will do to improve your linkedin profile in january number nine what's one thing you want to try for the first time in 2020 and number 10 what three words would you like people to use when they recommend you hopefully that's useful go to the website for the downloadable kind of list of all the questions and if there were any resources things like the harvard business review curiosity quiz that we mentioned today we'll make sure they're all there too and obviously next week will be part two Uh, so if that's not enough questions for you there's going to be another 10 next week so somewhere in the midst of all of those 20 there'll be some that feel hopefully particularly relevant and pertinent for everyone
1: So that's the end for this week. Thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.